Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm joined again by Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Last week, he helped us break down all of college basketball's freshmen who have a chance to go in the lottery. Today, we're going to talk about a new experiment uh, that the NBA is trying with the G League. They have a team of young prospects, and they are going to be competing in the G League this year. This is a path for high school seniors that don't want to go the college path, but maybe don't want to do what LaMelo Ball did or RJ Hampton uh, did and go to Australia or to go to Europe or some other place to play. They can now play on the G League. They have a team. It is coached by Brian Shaw. Uh, They are currently out practicing in Walnut Creek, uh, California. And it's going to be an interesting experiment for, especially for NBA scouts who are going to have a new way of trying to figure out how these prospects project as NBA players uh, playing against guys in the G League that didn't quite make the NBA cut. Yeah, I think everyone is just kind of waiting to see, you know, what this is going to be. Um, you know, as of us recording this, you know, teams had not yet been able to see these guys. I think the plan was, you know, eventually they'd be able to zoom in and watch, you know, some practices and have access um, it's an ongoing experiment because obviously with COVID and the G League season still being kind of figured out in terms of how they're going to do it and teams having to sort of opt in with their affiliates, you know, they still have to find a way to get these guys games. You know, the NBA is kind of invested in this as the alternative to, you know, prep to pro. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, the, the thought seems to be that the age limit will change, but probably not until it gets collectively bargained in. And it just hasn't been like the main focus. And I think, you know, obviously COVID has made it, even more on the back burner in terms of when we're going to let guys in. But, you know, this program was supposed to be the intermediary, the ignite program, uh, you know, for these elite guys. And they did get elite guys and they got, you know, a few guys who could be lottery picks or who likely will be. Um, So I think everyone's just kind of waiting to see how much access we will get to them. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. These guys have now been made available to the media. Uh, So I think that rollout is happening, Um, but it's very much an experiment. As you said, the the pros seem to be, they're going to get, NBA coaching from Brian Shaw. College basketball game is different than the pro game. They're going to be learning pro sets. They're going to be developing the same way that teams will develop pros. They will be playing against men every night when they eventually start start playing and playing against very experienced players. And so the level of competition that they're going to be playing against is generally going to be high. And and so you know, those are the positives. So for those who don't know, you know, they've rounded out this roster with, you know, I think five or six you know, veteran guys like Amir Johnson being the most notable one of them, the most well-known, you know, guys who are reliable uh, G League veteran types, you know, who have been around. Um, my guy, Reggie Hearn on the team. So, you know, they, 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 I think are trying to do their best to insulate these guys. So it's not like you have, you're going to have like Kai Sato and Isaiah Todd having to make starts. Like they're going to have, you know, other guys to stagger the minutes. Um, you know, the, the three guys who NBA teams are most interested in as lottery picks, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Dacia Nix, you know, those three guys are going to play a lot, uh, I'm sure. Um, and again, I'm glad these guys have a chance to get paid, um, and sort of, you know, do this program. Um, but yeah, we'll see what types type of competition they end up getting. Like that was an early concern pre COVID, uh, from teams is just like, well, you know, will the NBA risk making them look bad? Like, will they put them in situations that are really competitive or are they going to just be going to blow people out? Like, I don't know. I think like, for example, they could have sent them overseas and sent them to different tournaments. I think that would have been a good way to do it. Um, 
you know, I, I wondered if with the international sort of flavor on the team with, with Soto from the Philippines and, uh, you know, Principal Singh, who is, you know, uh, Indian player, you know, if they would have taken them around the country uh, for that, you know, exposure. I don't, I don't know. That's kind of moot now. Um, but I, I think as long as these guys are going to get, you know, a dozen real games in, hopefully, right. I mean, that's kind of a baseline at this point for anyone this season. Uh, and if there is development, it's, it's going to be fine. But, but at some point teams are going to be like, we need access. And that's, I mean, that's going to be a theme of the whole season at every level. Well, let's start with the, the main guy, Jalen Green, a player that, that some teams see as a potential contender uh, for the number one pick in the draft. Uh, some high school scouting services had him ranked as the top player in his class. He makes the jump to the G League. Tell us about his game and, and what you like. Yeah, Jalen is a great, very easy eye test player where you know he's got a good frame, uh, really athletic, very uh, good lateral quickness, just very like a functional athlete in every way. Um, he, he pretty much has what you need um, from, from that perspective. Uh, you know, he's a guy who I think did get better in high school. Uh, he exceeded my expectations from what I saw from him as a high school senior. Uh, it seemed like he was starting to turn the corner. He was a guy who had a reputation for floating a bit. I had been worried that it would be a little bit like Andrew Wigginsy. He's still kind of a tease. I, the Wiggins thing shouldn't be as bad as it sounds, right? Like Andrew Wiggins was still the number one pick. Uh, but, um, yeah, the consistency thing, I, I guess, is going to be a thing for him. Uh, he he stands to be more efficient, sometimes falls in love with his jumper, uh, but can really score and did score a lot in high school. Um, I think he'll have to get better as a ball handler, uh, get to the rim a little bit better, actually, than he has. Uh, he, that he, you know, he should be better at that than what I'd seen. Um, but just, you know, again, in the way that Anthony Edwards became the number one pick, um, Jalen Green probably is a little bit better in terms of feel, uh, also a little bit older relative than Anthony was for, for his draft, but, um, you know, he's kind of a, has the tools is going to be able to score. Uh, and it's just a matter of then, like I said, I've said this before with scorers, uh, just like, do you clear the bar where can you be like an elite guy or are you going to be more of like a Zach Levine, uh, where, you know, you're going to score a lot, but your team might not always win. So I think that's the big question with him, uh, that he'll have to answer too is, uh, you know, what level of score he is and then what else can he do? He had, he seems to have the physical tools to be an elite defender, but that certainly wasn't his reputation, um, in high school. What do you think about his defensive potential? Because that again was another knock on Anthony Edwards basketball, you know, IQ being one a commitment on the defensive end. He certainly, again, Anthony Edwards also had the physical tools. Uh, to be a lockdown defender in the NBA, but didn't really always show the aptitude. What do, what do you think about Jalen Green on that on that note? Yeah, when he's when he's fully engaged, like he should be, he has all the tools to be a very good defender. Uh, he can sit in the stands, he can get low, he can move. Um, and yeah, it's it's sort of a trend sometimes with these guys though. Um, they don't just don't do it as often as you'd like. It's not necessarily like ingrained in their identity at a young age. And that's sometimes where the problem comes with projection, where it's just like what is likely to happen and what could happen. Um, the other thing I'll say, though, in, in defense of guys like that is oftentimes at any level of basketball, if you're the number one, if you're like a high, high usage, number one scoring option, like only so much can be expected of you in terms of expending effort on defense. And that's sometimes tricky with young guys projecting up a level because it's like, well, you didn't do it before. You're going to do it now. We need you to do it now because you're not only going to be scoring uh, that's something that case to case can vary in terms of how confident you are that it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, there, to me, there's no question that he can do it. Jalen Green, number three 
on Jeremy Wu's board. He just put out Sports Illustrated's top 60. And Jalen Green comes in at number three. When we come back, we're going to talk about the number four guy on his board. He's got two guys in the top four playing for the G League uh, Ignite. Jonathan Kaminga, when we come back. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. And I'm back talking with Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. We're talking about young players in the new G League Ignite team. We just talked about Jalen Green, who is number three in Jeremy's board, number four on my board. And now we're going to go to the number four guy on Jeremy's board, Jonathan Kaminga, 6'8", 210, another elite athlete that there's some questions about what else he brings to the table. Yeah. The, the reports that I've gotten out of the G league camp so far have been that Kaminga has been a pleasant surprise, um, which is nice to hear. Uh, he definitely has been kind of a frustrating player uh, for the NBA to see over the last couple of years, just because uh, you know, he didn't do USA basketball uh, native of Congo uh, has kind of just been like sporadically injured or unavailable. Uh, he had like a wrist issue at Nike, Nike skills last summer. So he didn't really play more than one day uh, there. Um, so has just been sort of a hard player to see. I did see him play a decent amount uh, in high school, but that was like more than a year ago. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what to expect from him. Uh, but I ranked him there, you know, just based off how good his tools are and just the flashes that I've seen from him in terms of, you know, he can pass. He, he has a little bit more skill than I think people expect probably uh, on the wing. He needs to be a better shooter. You know, it's kind of a story we hear all the time where it's just, he's got to form out the stuff around the, the edges. Um, but, you know, he has a great frame, uh, you know, could be a physically dominant player. Uh, one of the concerns I have though uh, with those types of guys always is just, you know, if you rely a little bit on bully ball at high school, it just only gets harder to do that when you go up a level. Um, we've seen that happen to a lot of guys who are big and strong at a young age. So, um, very curious to see what he looks like in the context of this team, how they're going to use him. You know, he can play on the ball. He's probably more, more comfortable playing on the ball. Uh, but a lot of his game is predicated on getting to the rim. Um, but the tools are really good. 
Uh, you know, he's bigger than Jalen Green. Uh, probably just as much pop in tight spaces. Uh, and he can finish strong. Um, you know, kind of has the the right skill set and frame to be sort of a do it all type of wing. Uh, so the upside is pretty big with him. But also, again, if those things don't fully click, maybe the floor is a little bit lower because his his skill skill level still has a little bit of catching up to do. Let's talk about comparing these two players because on on paper, it seems like Kaminga might actually have a higher ceiling than Jalen Green. And the and the issue right now is just that we have seen so much more of Jalen Green and he's so much more of a known quantity than Kaminga is that it's more comfortable to put Jalen Green a spot or two higher than Kaminga. If Kaminga is everything that people think he is and he really blossoms at the G League level, is there a chance he goes ahead of Jalen Green, assuming, assuming Jalen Green also has a really good season? It, it wouldn't totally shock me. Uh, it's not out of the question. Like, I think he could end up, if we want to talk about tiers, like, I don't always like doing tiers so close to the draft just because teams don't get to do tiers really if they have to pick in order. But right now, it's a good thing to think about where I think he could end up in sort of the same debate group as these top guys, um, you know, if he plays well. Uh, but but certainly has, has questions to answer. Um, but the ceiling with him is, you know, if he does develop to where he can play on the ball a bit, uh, and he can, you know, make plays in the half court. Uh, he he is a good passer. Like that kind of, I think, gets lost a little bit. But he he can pass. So I think, you know, if he's a big playmaking forward who's, you know, getting to the rim and kicking it out, and uh, you know, six eight, he's big enough to do it. He's not going to be like, you know, a unicorn. I hate that, but like, I don't think he's like that. But um, definitely a player who could be a very functional half court offense generator. Uh, whereas Green, his game has been a little bit more predicated, always on getting his own shot. Uh, has always been very good at getting separation. Uh, so, and that's something that I think will translate up. Uh, but you know, with with Jalen, his upside is more tied to how many shots will he make, how efficient can he be, uh, and then what can you know Jalen has to also add more of a playmaking element on the ball. You've provided some comps for a lot of these guys. I haven't heard one yet for Kaminga. Do you have a an NBA comp for him? Ooh, this this is tough. I don't know. I mean, this feels like kind of irresponsible, but like maybe like um, I don't know, like high high end. Can he be like a Paul George type of guy? Maybe if he shoots it, just in terms of how you would use him, because he has the body to do that. I think that's probably rich. Like I don't know if he's. I don't think he's necessarily going to be that good, but I think that's the idea where it's like a big playmaking wing scores inside and out, uh, but maybe isn't like the the guy who's going to take you to a championship, right? Like. I think Kaminga does have like all-star type potential. I don't know if he gets there, um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I could, again, it's been a whole year since I've seen him. So it's just, it's tough. He's real tough right now. He is tough. And and talking to NBA teams, just as you pointed out, Jeremy, there's really not, um, they don't have a great handle on him, uh, right? And so it's the flashes that they've seen him at. And this is a dangerous time in scouting because you can project everything onto a player when you haven't seen a lot of them, right? Uh, and you're, you're not sure. Uh, but it also could be fool's gold. And we've seen this in the past uh, multiple times with with players that have been harder to get availability around, harder to see them uh, in the context of their peers that um, what looks good on the surface uh, isn't so good underneath. So it's great to hear that he's already starting uh, to make strides uh, in, in the G League and, and that the, the early reports back are, are really positive. Yeah, once we get to see him, I think there will be a more of a defined consensus, but he's just a guy who, uh, and I believe he also reclassified, so that also made it even harder to see him. Uh, he did. So um, sort of a wait and see 
situation. But I mean, there is reason to be optimistic. When we come back, we'll talk about two other potential players in the G League Ignite. We're talking with Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar tastes even better than the old ones. They're in 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. That's on top of all of the original flavors that you typically love, the coconut almond, the raspberry, the banana bread, one of my favorites, the mint brownie. Also love that orange bar and the coconut one as well, of course, being in Hawaii. And the great thing about these bars is that they taste like a candy bar, but they're actually healthy. And for, for someone like me who exercises a lot and runs a lot and cares a lot about what he puts into his system, I love the fact that it's low calorie, it's low sugar, it's got high protein, it's got high fiber, 19 grams of protein uh, in fact, which is which is pretty awesome. And so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. That's builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger, frequent guest on the NBA Big Board, joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get your podcast. And we're back talking G League prospects. And we're going to go to number 10 on Jeremy's board, Daishin Nix, the point guard playing for G League Unite. Another big point guard, 6'5", 225. A little bit all over the board when you look at the high school rankings and the different systems of where they really see him um, right now. He looks like he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to have the ball in his hands uh, for this team. What do you think about Knicks as a point guard prospect in the NBA? Yeah, I, I, I really, really like Knicks. Uh, he's a guy who I am very positive on, probably more so than what, where he was ranked in high school. Um, got to see him a handful of times. Um, he's another guy who um, has been a little bit harder for teams to see because of, you know, he didn't play on the sneaker circuit. So there's not like film of him as much in AAU. Um, you know, he played for a prep school in Las Vegas that was kind of just built around him. Uh, so they, you know, they played a competitive high school schedule, but it's not like he was always on TV or anything either. Uh, I think a lot of his games are on YouTube. Um, but also that level is kind of nebulous because you just never know like who is even on a prep when you're playing on a prep school league or circuit. It's like, I don't know, those guys can come from anywhere. So it's, it's a little bit tough to evaluate sometimes um, when that's what you have. Uh, but I did see him at USA basketball last summer. I thought he was very good there. Um, just like an exceptional field guy, um, like a really, really great passer, uh, can throw it at crazy angles, uh, just sees the floor really, really well. He has amazing feet. 
Uh, he's not, he's not like an explosive athlete necessarily, but he can get into the paint. He, uh, you know, changes speeds and can hesitate very well. He can like kind of slow you down and then speed you up. Um, he's not going to be like a heavy dribble breakdown guy. He's probably more of a ball screen, like higher ball screen percentage point guard if we're talking about him as a starter. Uh, but that's okay. Um, and he just kind of like has this it factor to him. He's so competitive. Um, you know, he, he seems to enjoy being coached hard, uh, from what I've seen. Uh, I'm just, I'm on, I'm on the optimistic end. So I, you know, I, I have him number 10. He could, he could honestly end up a little bit higher than that for me. If he continues to play well, uh, if, if they, if the athleticism factor continues to be less of an issue. Um, and that's why the G league environment will be good for him. Cause you can see him playing against strong guys. Uh, but he is legitimately very big. He's listed at six, five. He's probably like six, four, uh, he, I think he's also listed at like two thirty, which is he's pretty, he's big. Like he's not like a fat guard. Like that would be not to say, but he, he does have sort of a thicker body type. Uh, and in some ways that's good because you can see him sort of defending well off the ball too. Um, so I think there's a lot to work with here. Uh, and he's just a player. People need to see more to get a feel for. Uh, but if he had gone to UCLA, I have no doubt that he would have been very, very impactful at the college level, like right out of the gate. This is an interesting one when you're talking to NBA scouts as well. Um, and the the talk out of USA basketball is very, very high on him. They really liked him, uh, you know, for the teams that were able to see some of that. This is going to be another one. Will the G League Ignite program provide enough context, um, right, to really help them understand where he's at? It would have been clear, I think, especially in Nix's case, if he had gone to UCLA and could have seen him, uh, you know, uh, perform uh, in in the Pac-12. So an interesting choice by him to take this route. Will he get the exposure that he needs to convince teams? But there are some scouts out there that based off the limited amount of, of what they've seen of him are very, very high on him. You have him as the second best point guard in the draft after Kate Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, that was a fairly easy placement uh, just in terms of the point guard hierarchy. Um, I'm still not hundred percent sure where he will fall. Like, again, he's a guy who I could see having, I could see myself having him like six or seven, or I could see him being like back lottery to me. He's a lottery talent for sure. Um, some of the questions being also, you know, his jump shot is more of a set shot. He can shoot. Um, but it's more of a set jumper. It's something he's worked on. Uh, his finishing is going to have to get better. He gets good elevation and he tries crafty stuff, but sometimes the results, sometimes he kind of throws out wild stuff at the rim. Got to either play through contact or finish um, or figure out how to compensate for that without being crazy, crazy explosive. Um, but again, those are usually pieces that when you go up a level, it becomes more apparent. Um, at, in high school, you can get away with a lot more, uh, but he, he's just, he's so skilled. He's so tough, uh, very competitive. He's from Alaska which, you know, there have been some guys from Alaska. It's kind of interesting, uh, you know, when, every time one comes around and, um, you know, he's got that toughness about him uh, that I really like. So, so we'll, you know, we'll see what becomes of him. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I don't doubt if you dropped him at UCLA, he could have had like Alonzo Ball like effect uh, right away. Kansas alum Mario Chalmers from Alaska. Um, so you got to love that. All right, let's talk about one last guy. And, and this guy isn't making a lot of, projections as a first round pick uh he was uh ranked by espn as the 15th best uh high school player in the country uh the big man isaiah todd uh for g league uh, ignite jeremy what do you think about him because he seems like he's definitely for most teams a bigger work in progress yeah that's everything i've heard with todd um you know i liked him a little bit in high school i didn't see him a ton i did see him at usa 
um, you know, you can kind of see what you're working with there. Um, you know, he's pretty mobile. He can shoot a little bit, um, decent skill level for a big, uh, has never been as totally consistent as you want. And he's like six, eight or six, nine. So he's not like, he doesn't have like amazing size, uh, for a big, but you can see what made him a prospect at a young age. Um, he was someone who I think the recruiting guys were always kind of up and down on. Um, there were some just concerns about his like general maturity. Some of them, uh, you know, it's kind of gone, sort of gone away. Sometimes you hear something, sometimes you don't like, it's, it, again, it's always hard with teenagers. Uh, but point being, you know, there have been those questions about, you know, how serious he is about it. Uh, so I think for him, it's probably good to be in a program like this where, you know, you are being held to that professional standard for the first time. You know, he transferred schools a couple of times in high school. Uh, this is probably some, a good stability factor for him. Uh, right now I view him, I didn't rank him in my top 60 just cause I want to see where he's at. Um, I view him as more of like a candidate, you know, second rounder or like a two way type candidate. I wouldn't like rush to thrust him into the first round conversation just because he is not as good of a player yet as these guys who have been in college a couple of years. Uh, and so then it just becomes, well, what does he have? And is that worth, you know, how far can you project that? And how does that stack up? Um, so he, I think he's a guy I probably have more questions than answers about right now too, other than my like general sense of what he does. Uh, you know, you hope he's a stretch big. He, I think he has always kind of fancied himself hoping he could be like a three. I hope he doesn't think that that's still the case. Cause I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but again, we see that a lot of time with, you know, young bigs want to be perimeter players. So, uh, I'm in wait and see mode with Isaiah Todd, but, uh, definitely a guy who I think was the right caliber of player to get in that program and could benefit. Yeah. It's interesting again, um, you know, talking to some of the NBA teams that I talked to about him there, there's, there's stuff to like there, uh, for sure. Soft touch, um, you know, looks like his jump shot, uh, is going to be able to stretch. Um, you know, he's, he's got a soft touch around the rim, um, and it's just a question too about him being becoming more physical, adding strength. Um, like you said, committing to being a big man uh, in the NBA and not and not thinking that you're a three um, and that toughness and that maturity. And and hopefully he gets that at the G League at night. And and if he does, you know, again, he might be a guy that that's going to creep up because it seems like the raw talent um, is there for sure. Yeah, he, he's someone who I could see being like a late bloomer. Um, like a Jalen McDaniels, not, not Jaden, but Jalen, his older brother, uh, I could see, you know, he was a guy who, you know, ended up in the G league for a couple of years and now is kind of like working his way up. And it's kind of interesting at that, that level. Uh, and, and I could just see him being a late bloomer where I don't know if it clicks or not, but at least he's like kind of interesting for a few years. Uh, he gets a few different opportunities to prove himself, uh, in someone's system. So we'll see. All right. You've been listening to Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated. Go to sportsillustrated.com and check out his 2020 rankings. He has his top 60 rankings up at the start of the season. Of course, we know that these are going to change as the season goes on. And we're try- both of us are trying to catch as much, much basketball as we can with COVID looming and uh, games being canceled all the time. And it just seems unsure what we're actually going to get out of this college season of this G League uh, season. But uh, such an intriguing group of young players in this draft, I think overall, as we talked about last time, Jeremy, people are very bullish on this draft. They think that there is a lot of young talent in this draft. And like you said, maybe not all of it is instant impact talent, but a lot of long-term talent. Yeah, the value of a first-round pick uh, will remain high, I think, going into the trade deadline with this draft. Because people are just going to be curious about you know who, who you can get. Who you can get it, you know, even 20 to 25, it's like, pretty interesting right now for based on what we can see so um yeah like you said for for people in our roles it's even more important to watch games uh because 
the we are just being realistic we are not going to get a useful 30 game college sample from anyone this year i just think that's a fool's bet um so the tape is going to be really important um you know i talked to a you know nba exec this morning and i was just like well i guess one element of this also is going to be everyone's watching the same stuff because you know in a given week if there are maybe 15 to 20 legitimately interesting college games that everyone needs to watch everyone's watching it so you know as far as sleepers go you know that's a conversation for much later but I don't know how many they're going to be because everyone's going to be seeing the same guys uh, on tape until teams can get in the gym. So uh, it's going to be a no, probably not as bad as last year where we were or last season where we were just like waiting and waiting. This is going to be more interesting because uh, the schedule does seem more palatable as far as the timeline for all this. But um, definitely, we're still kind of in unprecedented territory and also dangerous territory if you're trying to make a conclusion off five games. All right, that's Jeremy Wu out of Sports Illustrated talking 2021 NBA draft. Make sure you check out his top 60 uh, on sportsillustrated.com. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.